afternoon. Welcome to The Drive. So good to have you with us here on the Mighty 719 and 104.7 KFGO. Polly Lines producing. It's a pleasure to have with us. And we're trying new technical things here, so it's always an adventure. Dr. Jeff Baumgartner with us from the North Dakota State University Criminal Justice Political Science Department. How are you doing, Dr. Baumgartner? Okay. Oh, can't hear us. Oh, I'm not sure exactly what it is. So we tried. <laughs> like I said, it might be a little bit of a struggle here. We'll we'll try to get all the details on it. A lot going on, obviously, as uh, Tyler and I said in the tease uh, that we were yeah, we were able to able to. A, and you got to pot, him, pot down. him down. There we go. I get a little bit of echo. There we go. And we got a situation here where we're kind of looking at infrastructure deals. Obviously, what the uh, former president of the United States said yesterday. And well, that didn't really say, but putting a release and all that. So always an interesting time. And maybe we'll give it a try again. Can you hear us, Dr. Baumgartner? Dr. Baumgartner? Yeah, I can hear you now. Can you hear me okay? I certainly I can. Certainly For can. some reason, I'm getting an echo. I'm not really sure why that is, but uh, it, it's uh, one of those things. So I... I well, we'll kind of go and hopefully it's just uh, muting me and can, uh, hopefully you can hear me directly. But uh, your take, you've been, you know, we talked a lot about it. I've, you know, obviously been kind of more uh, when you and I have talked since what the last five years you've been on the show. We've talked a lot about the fact that I've been more liberal. You're a conservative instructor, but, you, you know, you, we've argued a little bit on whether or not President Trump was going to run again in 2024. What was your take? And, and I guess before I say that. At least the first time I've had a chance to talk to you since uh, former Secretary of State General uh, Colin Powell passed away. I guess I'll just kind of give you the floor here because the last three days certainly have been interesting, the politics of that, which is sad because I think, if anything, we should look back on Colin Powell as just a, a great statesman. I mean, I don't know if there's anyone else left like him right now in the world of D.C. No, I would I would agree. Uh, uh, certainly, Colin Powell um, was a great statesman. Uh, he was a great military leader as well. Um, you know, I I you know I I certainly uh, very much remember his his uh, you know military service in the in the first Gulf War. I, I remember his uh, sort of ascension uh, uh, in in the ranks of of power within the United States. Um, you know, rising up to Joint Chiefs. I remember him uh, when he was pegged to become. Uh, Secretary of State. Um, so just a, a very storied career, uh, you know, from, from the accounts of the stories, I was from the news stories about him and, and kind of the, uh, the look back on his life. I was reminded that he came from fairly humble beginnings and, and, uh, and really uh, was self-made. And so, uh, yeah, terrific, uh, a terrific individual, a, a great American. It's, it's sad that we lost him. It's, uh, Sad that we lost him to COVID. He was elderly and had health issues, and so uh, even the vaccines apparently were not, uh, you know, sufficient to protect him entirely. But uh, um, but uh, no, his passing was was certainly a, a sad thing for the United States, to be sure. And and I think regardless of one's political positions, uh, you know, relative to Powell, there are people on the left that really didn't like Powell during the Bush administration. Of course, uh, there are Trump supporters that came to not like him very much either. Uh, and Trump himself, of course, but uh, um, all of that can can and should be put aside and reflect on on you know what a great American this person was and and the service to his country. Yeah, it's interesting to say that too because <laughs> yeah, you look at it and and for me, I never really disliked him as much as you and I have talked about the fact I didn't like uh, you know the Bush Cheney administration all that much. I never disliked him because I thought he was kind of brought down a bad road, and that, he's kind of said that as much too. I think. I just think he tried to just do the right thing. For me, 
he was representing he's the one last person I can think that was within an administration that I can think of was really representing us, no matter what side of the aisle that you were on, more than it was, you know, catering to one party or the other. I really thought about that a lot this week. Yeah, I mean, you know, we kind of forget sometimes we of course we you know put him in into the Bush administration and he certainly um did his share of carrying the water for the Bush administration, but he wasn't uh, he certainly wasn't a sinking violet uh, or shrinking violet in in that administration. He stood up to the others in the administration. He and Rumsfeld went at it, a, you know, a few times. Um, uh, if there was any uh, restraint in the administration as far as the appetite for going uh, to war, ironically, it came from him. You know, he tend, he tended to be uh, the most sober about uh, about looking at uh, uh, some of these conflicts and the potential for. Uh, being enmeshed in, uh, you know, within them for uh, a long period of time. And so, um, yeah, he was definitely his own person, his own man. And he uh, he spoke his his mind and gave the advice that uh, he felt compelled to give. But then, like a good soldier and like a good public servant, at the end of the day, uh, carried out uh, the orders of his bosses as best that he could. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I think you, you mentioned something quickly, and I kind of thought it got to be a sad state of affairs on Monday when, you know, obviously we're getting a situation where people are talking about the fact, oh, see, he was vaccinated or whatever. It shouldn't have been a surprise that for someone like him who was, you know, on medication and obviously going through a blood cancer thing, that he was not going to get an immune response from the vaccine. And I think that's one thing, the politics, the extreme sides that we have had with the whole vaccine debate and really just COVID debate in general over the past, you know, 20 months, I thought that was ridiculous because... This shouldn't be a surprise. Unfortunately, there are some people who are not going to get an immune response from the vaccine. And I think the fact, and Dr. Bill Maurice from the Mayo Clinic and I uh, you know, talked about this a little bit yesterday, the fact that if it wasn't sold so much that this is the end-all, be-all, I think we wouldn't have this conversation, for one, so people wouldn't jump on it. And B, it, it, we shouldn't have jumped on it because, unfortunately, for people who are fighting cancer, your immune system is you know, kind of shot, unfortunately, so you're not going to get an immune response. I thought that got to be kind of a sad deal late Monday into Tuesday, too. Yeah, I mean, a lot of, I mean, you know, a lot of commentators, including, you know, national ones like, you know, Tucker Carlson and and, and folks like that were, uh, and there's a lot of things I that I actually like uh, about stuff that, uh, you know, that some of these commentators say on other issues. But on this, I thought, I thought it was, uh, you know, kind of a ridiculous point to make, uh, you know, Colin Powell's death does not, does not speak to the, you know, to the to the overall efficacy or worthwhileness of the vaccine. People are going to have different. You and I have had talk, talks about this. There's different uh, positions on 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 this particular vaccine, and you know whether it's necessary. You know, particularly after um, you know after natural immunity, and, and you know all these things that I think are legitimate conversations. But it's not legitimate to uh, to discredit the vaccine simply based on on what happened with Colin Powell, because as you said, he had. You know, he had uh, significant health issues that were going to compromise the immune system anyway, and uh, and and therefore the vaccine would pre- presumably be uh, uh, significantly less effective, if effective at all. And so, um, it's just sad. He's, he was an elderly person with a lot of health complications and died at at age 86. Lived a long life, uh, and uh, and spent much of that life, most of that life. Uh, in uh, in service to his country and and uh, again regardless of politics uh, um, uh, everyone should be able to agree that he was an American hero and uh, I guess I've kind of went to the 
I said this yesterday. I think after today, I want to go into the thing with uh, former President Trump uh, saying that, uh, you know, what his statement yesterday, I'm, get, I'm getting to the point with him where I almost want to be like the person who runs out in a baseball field or football field where they don't show the camera on him anymore. But I, I think <laughs> for me, I don't understand that. What What is to be gained by this at all? And and do you still think that he's not running in 2024? Because there's there's no rhyme or reason for this. He's got rallies. I mean, for me, it's hard to believe that the people I know that are you know veterans who obviously might have had a Trump bumper sticker and support the troops next to them. I don't know. I don't know many veterans who didn't respect Colin Powell. It, it, it's a kind of it's a sickening feeling to me. I thought that was strange. Well, Trump's you know been controversial in in some of these ways before. He's made you know. Con, you know, controversial comments about John McCain. Um, and, you know, John McCain at some level was fair game. He was a political opponent uh, of Trump's and and McCain threw his own, uh, you know, sharp shots Trump's way. And so some of that was 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 fair. But often whenever Trump would, would you know, sort of descend into criticizing military service or uh, things like that, you know, Trump is way out of his element, uh, has, really has no... <laughs> Uh, credibility whatsoever uh, in those realms, and if he was smarter as a politician, I think Trump, uh, you know, would would avoid those kinds of uh, those kinds of criticisms directed at people who are clearly uh, heroic in their service to the country. Um, as far as Trump running again, um, you know, I still think it's possible that he won't. I, I get it. There's increasingly uh, evidence that seems like he's, he's going to. Um, as a Republican, I hate it. Because um, I don't think that's good for the party. I think I think he is the one way we could lose uh, in the next presidential election. I think we put just about anybody else up, uh, including you, Derek. Uh, I think we win. Uh, uh, but uh, Trump is the one person I think uh, who can lose. And, and you know, I've defended Trump on so many things. There's so many number of his policies that I supported, and and uh, there's things I appreciate about uh, President Trump. Uh, so I'm not a never Trumper. I'm not a Trump hater, uh, but I would like to win the next election. And I don't think Trump is the horse you ride on that for. Dr. Jeff Baumgartner with us again, North Dakota State University Political Science Criminal Justice Program. We'll take a quick break here. And if you want to join us, 237-5948-1800-880-5346. You can text us 35270. This is The Drive here on the Mighty 790 and 104.7 KFGO. Welcome back to The Drive. Derek Hansen with you. KFGO time is 423. Polly Lines producing. Dr. Jeff Baumgartner with us from North Dakota State University's Criminal Justice Political Science Department. Text message comes in and says, uh, Colin Powell later admitted, regretted the Iraq war. Nobody else apologized. And, well, and I think that is to a point. I mean, he kind of came back and said that he was, I think he regretted more than anything his uh claim of you know taking the the information he got from the intelligence committee and vice president cheney and all that and i think that be, really kind of became the rift between him and a lot of the republican party quite quite frankly and of course he endorsed uh, barack obama in 2008 but there's no doubt he he went back and i think was he on 60 minutes dr baumgartner when was when he said that i think i think it could have been sixty minutes. That's 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 a good guess, actually. <laughs> well, that's true, but I mean, but that is one thing, right? And I think that, you know, for a lot of people, I I don't think we really fault 
Do you think? I don't think America really faulted him if you were against the Iraq War for that. I think he was just kind of being the good soldier. You know, he was kind of the information guy, right? He was more than anything else. That's right. Yeah, it was his job to present the case to the world and to the United Nations and and you know the the broader international community. Um, it was it was his job to. Uh, I mean, this was the foreign policy of the United States, and and I, I mean, I think he had hesitations about the Iraq War. You know, even if you believed that the uh, that there was weapons of mass destruction being developed in Iraq, and uh, so I mean, I think I think his reservations were there, regardless of whether the intelligence turned out to be a true or not. But his job, uh, again, as a as you know, as as the Secretary of State and uh, uh, you know, working on behalf of the Bush administration, he's going to uh, go out there and, and present uh, the case um, that uh, you know that underlines the Bush foreign policy. And um, yeah, certainly everyone looked like they had anger on their face when uh, when when weapons of mass destruction weren't found, at least not in in large amounts. And um, the stuff that they did find was old and and obviously not recently developed and things like that. So um, so yeah, I uh, you know. It, it, it's interesting that he, you know, he, he came out later and publicly, re, you know, regretted that. But um, but while he was in his office, I mean, I think he, you know, he served admirably and he, he gave the advice. I, I don't think Bush only heard one, you know, one uh, opinion uh, in the, you know, behind those closed doors. I think mm-hmm. he heard uh, from different people, including Colin Powell, who gave maybe different advice than Cheney or Rumsfeld might have given uh, or others. And, and uh but then once a decision was made, um, he got on board and he and he, uh, you know, he served. And, and again, I, I just think that I think he was a he was a very noble person, a very noble public servant. Um, it does no one any good to be uh, criticizing him, uh, particularly, you know, in the days after his death. Um, uh, you know, it's it's in bad form for Trump to do that or others to do that. Um, Trump wouldn't be the first one to do that. Uh, you know, we, you know. I, I remember uh, a number of comments made by, you know, different people at the university, you know, at, at events after Scalia died. Uh, that was, you know, very borderline uh, tacky and disrespectful. And um, and uh, so, you know, people do that sometimes. But if you aspire to be president of the United States, you should not be doing that. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't think Trump helped himself with with you know, sort of mainstream Republicans, which he still needs uh, to to, uh, to carry the day as a Republican candidate. My, my final thing before we go to the bottom of the hour break here, to, to that point, and then in the next segment, I want to kind of get to some of the politics of the infrastructure bill and where that's all at and, and kind of really the mood of the country right now. But I, I'm, I'm kind of curious, is there anyone like him right now? Well, I think people just look at, man, there's an American hero. I, I went on a little bit of a thing on Monday. You know, forget the Iraq war we're talking about in this century. The one that when I was a senior in high school, man, we were tough. We kicked butt and took names, and General Schwarzkopf was up there, and you had you know G- General Powell and all that. I mean, that was a different time. We're not going to be having silly, uh, you know, wars like that anymore. And what a different time. Who's left? Where you know, Democrats, Republicans, Independents alike just said. Man, there, there's a true statesman. I don't know if there's anyone else like that right now in this country. Yeah, I don't know if there is either, and I don't know if there's even, uh, you know, even at least at the very senior leadership of the military, uh, it's hard to find, uh, you know, sort of that same cloth, uh, mm-hmm. you know, cut from that same cloth that that Colin Powell was in. Um, the military today seems, you know, much more politicized, much more, in my estimation, woke, much more. 
uh, paying attention to things that are really on the periphery uh, to, to what they should be, uh, you know, focused on. And, uh, um, and, and I, you just didn't see that, um, you know, a generation ago uh, when, when Colin Powell was in the military, even as, even as a general or even as, you know, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. So, um, so yeah, it's just a different time. Um, and, and maybe it'll just take the sort of the whole swath of, of um, people at senior leadership levels to uh, retire. I'm not talking about just in the military, but also in, uh, you know, civilian public service and, and in politics. And we just, you know, maybe, maybe it is just time, you know, for, you know, the next generation to step up and, and uh, we'll start identifying those new leaders uh, from that group. Because you're right, I just don't see a whole lot of that, you know, personally uh, in, the, in the current crop. Dr. Jeff Baumgartner with us here. Derek Hansen. This is The Drive. We'll take your phone calls, your text messages, and more coming up here on KFGO. Welcome back. Derek Hansen with you. This is The Drive. We're here until 5, and then the Drive Time News Hour takes over. 237-5948. Dr. Jeff Baumgartner is with us from the North Dakota State University Criminal Justice Political Science Department. And uh, we do have John on the line. John, welcome to The Drive. Well, thanks, Derek. And while I do think that Trump's uh, particular pronouncement on this issue was uh, very tacky and uh, unfortunately much to his form, and I see no earthly good having come from his administration at all, I guess I don't see why we can't critique Colin Powell. I mean, I think that maybe we suffer a little bit too much from uniform worship in this country a little bit. And you know, I think there's plenty of uh, I think there's plenty of room to uh, you know critique uh, Powell on the Iraq War. I mean, you know, you got to remember Daniel Ellsberg risked a lot to get news about the Vietnam War out. I mean, you know, it, I guess if you know if maybe Powell had you know put if he if he thought the movement on the Iraq War was was wrong, maybe he maybe I would admire him more if he did put some skin in the game. But uh, I think there's I think there's plenty of room uh, to critique Powell, and um, I, I don't see why we have to back away from it. Uh, Doctor Baumgartner, your thoughts? I mean, I think it's one of those things where, yeah, you can do it. Maybe you have a little buffer within the forty eight hours, but I think you can have a little critique. I just think it's the timing was so weird, and really, to me, the harshness of it at the time, right? It, it just seemed a little strange. I think even like in a news report, you can say. I don't think there's any doubt when Bill Clinton passes away, we'll talk about his presidency and all that. But there may be a few other things that come in that's just obviously part of the story. And I think that is a little bit more accurate than going, you know, because also in President Trump's, you know, it was about, I hope they treat me this way, which shows the narcissism of everything he did. I just, it's more of a tactful way of reporting the whole story of his life more than anything else. I I, I agree. I mean, I think, I think that, Actually, I think the caller had a really, I mean, really uh, clear and, and good argument he made. And I guess I wouldn't disagree with the idea that we shouldn't shy away from criticism simply because of the uniform or his service to the country. Um, uh, so I, I think that point is well taken. But I'm, I'm kind of with you that just, again, um, these, are, these are unforced errors on the part of uh, President Trump in terms of, yeah, the timing uh, being just a little bit gracious uh, about uh, about the passing of somebody uh, who, again, has served the country for uh, for so many years, and and maybe not in 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 all the ways that uh, Trump liked, but uh, or that a lot of people like. Um, 
but just you know having some you know we've lost so much decorum and so much um you know sense of propriety when it comes to these things and 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 trump contributed to that but again wasn't the first and, and won't be the last to uh to to be in that sort of uncouth camp and and uh you know trump as he as he's you know vying possibly for a second uh presidential bid he has a chance to uh, reinvent some of the things that got him into trouble with people the first time, and yet he keeps uh, missing the opportunity uh, to make those corrections and, and uh, just drives home uh, some of the unlikable uh, aspects uh, that he brought with him to the office that, uh, that repelled a lot of people, and particularly swing voters. I'll say this too to John. I think maybe the only thing I would really disagree with him on too is to say that we have uniform worship because Let's face it, in the past, you know, since I was a kid with Ollie North, I mean, I think there's a lot of people who've been, you know, Michael Flynn, who've been polarized. I mean, you look at with uh, General Miley, Milley right now, what he has gone through the past, you know, people calling him treasonous for what he did, you know, saying that, hey, China, if we're going to attack you, we'll warn you first, that type of thing. And I think that's what I'm, I'm trying to give as many examples on both sides of the spectrum that yeah, there's no doubt that people do go after people in uniform fairly or unfairly sometimes mm -hmm. true true but i mean as a society i think i think he's correct that we kind of um you know we we after vietnam and 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 sort of the uh the the, the look back at vietnam that took place maybe during the you know during the run-up to the reagan years and and then during the reagan years we uh, I wouldn't say we overcorrected. I think we we found sort of the proper respect for uh, people in the military and the, and 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 so forth. Um, but certainly, it has become part of our culture now. That I mean, again, you, you think about uh, Trump uh, going after John McCain. Sometimes I think he went after him unfairly, but other times I think his criticisms or his his, his arguments with McCain were legitimate. But but you know, people would quickly pull out McCain's service and 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 try to shut trump down for that or other critics to you know, try to shut them down for that because they didn't serve so sometimes i think that can be used as a little bit of a foil and and to the extent that it is it, it shouldn't be people you know we we should be able to criticize our leaders including those who uh, are in the military or have served in the military but in this particular case such a distinguished career uh not everything i agree with uh, with with colin powell but uh um but you know uh, waiting a little bit of time seems like the proper uh, would have been the proper thing for Trump. Um, if he had, if he's going to be asked about Colin Powell, he could have said, uh, you know, look, the man served his country. He was a he was a public servant. I didn't agree with him on a lot of things, and uh, we didn't see eye to eye on things. He eventually became a Democrat when he voted for Obama, but uh, um, but uh, let's remember him for his uh, terrific public service. He could have said something like that and impressed. A whole lot of people, you know, uh, sure. and but chose not to. So, uh, to your point of uh, chatting a little bit about, um, you know, saying as a Republican, you're hoping that anyone else would run. You think you'd win easily. Uh, President Biden right now is speaking and he's trying to sell his uh, uh, build back better plan right now, and that's you know go going along with this infrastructure bill, which he's you know kind of fighting with his own party more than anything else because there's a lot of bipartisan stuff in this bill actually that's uh, going on gas prices are high i've never really been one to blame gas prices on the president all that much but it's the reality of it prices for meat you know a lot of things are going on people are frustrated they can't get workers people don't want to work it seems people don't like the fact that their favorite restaurant closes down at seven o'clock 
perception's reality, right? Approval ratings are going down right now. There's a lot to fix because I don't think so, you know, that President Biden's so much worried about 2024 because I have a hard time believing he's going to run for re-election. But Correct. I don't think he wants to lose Nancy Pelosi as the Speaker of the House here in 2022. And that's a real possibility the way things are going because there's no doubt there's going to be a motivated Republican base because the mood of the country, and I think a lot of swing voters that go back and forth, there may be a little bit of buyer's remorse right now, whether you think it's fair or not. I'm just speaking as someone who's kind of looking at this as almost like the the football game that it can be sometimes with politics. Yeah. Well, you know, President Biden, um, you know, campaigned that, uh, you know, regardless of, of whose fault some of these different things are, you know, uh, President Biden campaigned on bringing leadership and normalcy. And uh, right now we're experiencing anything but normalcy and, and a bit of a deficit of leadership as well, at least again, from the Republican side of things. That's our perspective, not to mention, you know, some of these other problems that maybe aren't his fault. Uh, would be a lot easier to manage if he didn't also have to juggle problems that are his fault. You know, for example, the border crisis. So, um, you know, the you know, it all gets. I mean, you know, it all gets laid on him. It wasn't Trump's fault that we had COVID emerge during his administration, but uh, President Biden certainly used uh, COVID uh, as a club over his head uh, to win election. Well, now he can own the problem, and he can own these other problems too. And as best as I can tell, he's falling down uh, considerably. Um, I think you're right about the midterms. And keep in mind, during the midterms, you know, even if Trump eventually does run, he's not on the ballot in 2022. And so that does give Republicans sort of an opportunity to really just strive, you know, strike contrast between themselves and the Democrats on a wide variety of issues without the distraction or the, you know, um, you know, this other issue being, you know, Trump and his personality. And so uh, I think Biden, if he is worried about uh, the midterm elections, he's, he, he should be worried because I think uh, it really could be uh, a pretty good uh, election for Republicans in both houses. I want to finish up talking with you about this because, you know, you and I, and we had another text message kind of when I mentioned the, the fact of the vaccines with uh, Colin Powell and someone said, well, yeah, I mean, that's what everyone has said about immunity you know, that's why we all should be wearing masks. Um, I think my point on it is I think the vaccines were sold to be like the end all be all right. Get to herd immunity. We do all this a so 70%, 80% and all that. So I think the problem is when it was sold like that and 95% effect, uh, you know, as far as being effective, that gave the anti-vax crowd a little bit of ammo to say, oh, look at this, right? And we've had this ping-ponging back and forth with the extremes on it and what this actually does. And I've been trying to temper that. And then people call mm-hmm. me anti-vaxxer. You know that. You, you, you and I have talked about that before, which I'm not. But I do think we have to talk about the reality of the situation. And then when we talk about a situation where the vaccine is supposed to hopefully make you asymptomatic as possible, keep you out of the hospital and, and all that, But then we talk about the actual asymptomatic spread that may come along with it. And the CDC and everyone did a mea culpa after get get vaxxed or mask up as obviously an incentive to do that. And now we have all these mandates. I'm telling you, as someone who's voted Democrat for the last 20 years, I think because I've talked to a lot of people who are certainly pro vaccine, but are not in favor of some of these mandates and I think that, as far as swing voters are concerned, even from vaccinated people, are not comfortable with how some of this stuff is going down nationally. In certain pockets, they love it. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think that is something that is going to hurt the Democratic Party. Do you agree with me or not? 
I, I do. I actually I do agree with you. Uh, and 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 yeah, I'm you know, I'm a Republican, but I'm very much you know pro-vaccine. I've been vaccinated. Uh, but I'm also, you know, pro-choice on this issue. I, I, I do believe people should be able to make a choice and shouldn't lose their livelihood over it. Uh, you know, this one vaccine over all others. Um, uh, you know, we're just we're, we've gone into some uncharted territory uh, that that is just surreal. And uh, uh, I mean, we're firing hundreds of police officers when they're already short in, in this city or that city. You talk about Seattle. Well, healthcare and then, workers. And then we, yeah, right. And healthcare workers, absolutely. Healthcare workers, you know, we're, we're having to shut down wings of hospitals, not because they're overfilled, but because we don't have the staff and, and we're letting people go. So, so yeah, I do think that, uh, you know, even some traditional uh, democratic uh, uh, constituencies like teachers and so forth, there's, there's a lot of people and healthcare workers, there's a lot of people that are kind of pushing back on these mandates, which really seem to be owned uh, by the Democrats. Um, and then, and then we just continue to get new information about the efficacy of these of these vaccines. You know, again, I think they help. I think they're worthwhile. Myself, um, but people have to make their own decisions. And 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 then you have Robert Redford, uh, Redfield coming out and talking about how 40% of uh, COVID deaths in Maryland are fully vaccinated people. What are we supposed to make of that? Um, you know, uh, again, maybe it's helpful, and maybe when you have these other conditions and you're super elderly or whatever, it, it's not quite as efficacious, but um, we just have, you know, we've we've missed out on honest conversations about all of these things and, you know, sort of the, the limits of, of uh, the protections that can be provided by vaccines or by masks. Um, and uh, um, yes, I think people are starting to, uh, you know, kind of get to their wits end. And, and uh, for the Democrats, that could be problematic because right now I think they own uh, kind of the mask mandate uh, mantra, although I'm sure there's plenty of Republicans that would support that as well. Yeah, well, mask and vax. I mean, oh, I'm no, sorry, vaccine. Yeah. I, I meant the vaccine mandate. Yes, yeah. exactly. It, it's, vaccine it, mandate. It's very interesting, and I think you bring up a good point there. You know, especially when it comes out that, hey, you know, what, the viral load can be the same, and, and there's a lot of conflicting arguments about that to this day. Don't get me wrong, but that's where it's kind of a head scratcher. If you want to follow the science, well, then listen to the scientists on that too. You know, we all right. We all should be the same. I mean, then everyone should be wearing a mask. Then, if we're all contagious, that you know, that's it's kind of a strange thing. And to have it, you know, live on old narratives is very strange to me. Doctor Baumgartner, exactly. Thanks yeah. so much. I do appreciate your time. Absolutely. Thank you, Derek. You bet. Dr. Jeff Baumgartner with us. He is part of the North Dakota State University Political Science Criminal Justice Department. We didn't even get to the big vote that's coming up next week in Minneapolis, but obviously affecting the criminal justice part of it and how Minneapolis may change quite a bit after that. We'll chat with you and get you ready for the Drive Time News Hour coming up here on the Mighty 790 and 104.7 KFGO.